0: if you're watching this right now middle of july you know you're dedicated you know you want to win and that's what we're here to do guys we're here to help you win we got vip guests we got all kinds of show best ball redraft high stakes dynasty and we're here every week a few times a week make sure you subscribe smash the like talking VIP guests we got a big one tonight we talk about parallels between best ball and dynasty on the regular on this show it's a necessity you don't go to the gym and then drive by McDonald's on the way home same thing you want to win in your redraft you want to spend 350 on a roster go do a best ball man come on that's what we're here to do guys we're here to help you win let's dance Guys, I want to do a quick toast to Theo finally making it on the intro. He finally made I it on. It. I
2: appreciate it. It, 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 looks it was awesome. done
0: before last the last show and I totally forgot to load it up and then when it was playing I was just sitting there and I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot no, to it it
2: looked, I it, I'm excited. It looks awesome. I'm loving it and uh, yeah that's that got me fired up
0: nice nice shout out to, to dan made graphics i mean uh he's super busy and uh you know it kind of did me a favor and and got that done in, in, a, in a nice timely manner so we appreciate him check him out man dude is awesome he did he did our intro uh he, he he does a lot of the graphics that we have and uh the videos uh that we rock guys huge show tonight huge show tonight one of like you know our favorites you know we talk about it uh actually his his partner in crime, maybe you can call him uh you know rising stars in fantasy land and and he's definitely one of them um i don't i'm excited you guys excited about tonight or what
2: definitely absolutely absolutely
0: dan what do you got going on over there me
3: (laughs) oh nothing at all man (laughs) uh you know just staying busy with the home projects and uh doing a little
0: drafting when and where i can we uh you remind me later remind me not to turn this thing off before we talk about your trade that you uh you got today hashtag super jealous but want to make sure we talk about it with our guest and let's not waste any more time guys theo i'm not even gonna ask you how it's going you made the intro you made the anthem we'll find out later let's bring this guy in i even i even got a little little Let's go. I love it. That was great. Mr. Cody, I want to say Carpentier just because, you know, it's a French name, but welcome to the show, brother. Welcome to the district.
4: I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I've been talking to Theo for a minute. Uh, he's been writing some bomb articles over at Player Profiler. Um, Carpentier, I, I get that, I get that a lot. It's pronounced Carpentier, but I think I got a little French in there. I think I think you're probably in the, uh, going down the right track. But uh, anyways, I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Let's let's get it.
0: Yeah, we're pumped, man. We're pumped. Uh, you 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 kind of dabble in two of our favorite. I mean, you dabble in a lot. Let's face it. Uh, you know, we, we kind of see you. Doing a lot over there in uh, in the, the Roto Underworld. Why don't you talk to us about kind of maybe how you how you how you kind of connected and how you got involved and and kind of what your roles are right now? Excuse
4: me. So when I when I jumped into Player Profile for the first time, I believe it was 2017 mid Kelvin Ridley versus Traquan Smith debates. Uh, of course, Matt was was fully in on Traquan Smith at the time, and that kind of pulled me in. From there, I became a patron. Then I started doing formation charting for him. Then I did an internship last year and then started writing. And, you know, by the start of last year, I was fully engulfed, came on full-time. And, uh, yeah, now I'm the director of content at Play Profiler, World of Underworld and Breakout Finder. So p- pretty exciting. They got the early risers best ball show on Tuesday nights, Undercovered Ops, in-season Undercovered Prospects. In the spring, covering the draft stuff, so, so kind of all over the board.
0: Yeah, man, some good stuff. Uh, really enjoying, uh, especially the um, the best ball show, the the uh, the roost the rooster show. I call it. Uh, just, it's uh, you know, we we have ballin where we do live. It's just fun to do live drafts, and it's fun to talk about it with someone that you respect. Yeah you know, get different, uh, you know, angles and strategies, that kind of thing. It's just, it's just everything about it is awesome. So I, I love that you're doing that. I love the the early morning aspect to it, uh, the early riser, sorry, aspect to it. Um, it. It's great, man. So, you know, we're glad to have you on tonight. I did want to ask you, Theo kind of called you the strongest man in fantasy land. And I mean, you know, we started talking a bit about your your kind of gym setup and, and just talk to us about what uh fitness means to you and you know how it it's part of your life
4: i mean uh i would say dating back to seventh grade i kind of started going to the gym with a buddy and it just kind of like rolled since then i'm I'm 24 now and i've been lifting pretty much every week since seventh grade and it just kind of became like that that de stressor, that thing that i always went to it's kind of like how a lot of people are towards like fantasy I'm that way towards fantasy and lifting. It's just kind of like I try to balance the two things. And uh, uh, I've been a competitive power lifter for now five years. Um, there's not a ton of money in that. There's there's literally more money in fantasy just because you can win fantasy leagues and whatnot and stuff like that. But uh, the goal, I guess, long-term is to is to be able to monetize the lifting as well. But it, it it's not about money for me, power I guess. It's just more so the the enjoyment and pushing your body and things like that. But, I appreciate the compliment though Theo.
2: No, it's it's, it's uh, you know Cody's uh, is is selling himself short. It's it's not close. Cody is is the strongest uh person in fantasy football um, by by a country mile at this point and um Cody uh go ahead and uh and a little humble brag on on your on your PRs because I know you hit two of them recently. Um and uh and those were very very good numbers.
4: The yeah, so I had a, a pretty good meet there. I think it was Gainesgiving Giving in Wisconsin last year. I have 468 on the bench, 749 on the deadlift, and those are my PRs for the two lifts squat, my all time PR, 711. Uh, that day I didn't hit that, but that's that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. And the total is 1907, the, the long term goal is 2000. That's the uh, that's kind of the big goal, I guess you'd say, out of anything. But uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, two thousand is no joke.
2: In in uh, high school and college, a lot, of, a lot of guys aspire to get to the one thousand club. A lot of a lot of young <laughs> lifters. So to get to the two thousand club is absolutely no joke. So hats off to Cody and uh, to answer Josh in the uh, in the uh, in the chat, it's it's clearly Cody on that one. Um, uh, clearly Cody.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. They, I, like, any of those numbers, any of those numbers are impressive, man. I, I'm I'm still stuck on 24. The, the, like I feel so old right now. I don't know about you guys, but I mean respect respect to you, man, that you've been doing it that long and that you're that that dedicated. And uh look, it takes discipline, right? And and that's like anything else, you got to put in the time and you got to be disciplined. Yeah. And, and props to you for doing it.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that. That's I think number one is is dedication to it and. One thing I've learned I guess over the last couple of years especially is like your meals and your dieting is way more important. Your recovery and all that stuff is way more important than you really ever expected. And even being 24, I think I am, yeah, 24, I still feel old. And it's like you need to start thinking about your body
0: more and yeah mm-hmm. yeah but dude you're like the fact that you're thinking about it dude i was trashing my body in a gym <laughs> when i was 24 partying all night then hit, going to gym just doing stupid shit that you learn when you're you know that was probably not appropriate like the fact that you're learning this stuff now what you just said there was super wise you know like that's yeah, something yeah. that some of us don't figure out to way later like you know late, yeah whatever it is whatever angle you take on fitness and being healthy a lot of us don't figure it out till later so good for you for figuring it out and you know what the fact that you share it uh, out so check out his instagram guys uh maybe remind him what your instagram is because it's it's a great follow for that as well
4: uh, yeah on instagram you go to the vertical power lifter on on instagram the vertical if people are wondering the vertical power lifter is inspired by the vertical diet stan efforting it's beef and rice that's kind of the whole angle but yeah vertical power lifter on twitter on Instagram,
0: sorry. Nice, nice. Brock Lesnar is all about that diet, right, Brock?
2: I get the, I get the the uh I get a lot of shit for the uh, the the look like uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's become like a thing with 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 several of these people saying I look like Brock. So
4: you got the you got the you got, cut 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 you got the you got I I you got, got the cut there. You got you got you definitely pictures. have the cut. There you go. <laughs> Man, I, I love how
0: red he goes when we bring that up i love it
2: <laughs> it's, it's become it's become a other, other other podcasters are also saying it now so it's kind of uh it's kind of stuck a little bit kind of i love
0: it you're brock and and josh is 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 shout out to josh too for the in the comments they're calling uh cody the rhino 2.0 i love it yes
4: there you That's go awesome. respect respect shout out josh
0: so guys, smash the like, smash the subscribe. Uh, that's you know that that's your easy way. It takes a millisecond to to support the show. We bring in the VIP guests, uh, and and we're gonna drop some VIP knowledge tonight. Like I said, guys, we're talking best ball. we're talking dynasty, we're entering the boardroom. Theo, I'm gonna go to you first. Focusing. You know, let's start it on best ball right now. We, we got best ball. We got a, we got the rooster in the house. Uh, You know, the under underdogs are flying. We were just talking. Maybe we do a quick update, guys. That that poppy is uh, I don't even know if we want to share that because then our, then <laughs> they're giving away
3: go any faster. we so. away okay, our well. opportunities over here.
0: <laughs> 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 we should we should some of Yeah, some of these, you know, maybe we should wait till it's over. But anyways, guys, there's some good tournaments on there right now in best ball. We're going to talk some strategy right now. I'll go to you first, Theo. What's, our, what's the first question we're going to fire at Cody tonight?
2: So, uh, you know, we I'm following, you know, what you're doing over there. Um, and uh, with regards to the underdog, uh, you know, you're hitting some, some strong stacks. What are, what are the stacks you're really looking to build? Are there specific teams you find yourself stacking over and over again? Um, and is there some kind of under the radar teams that you've enjoyed stacking?
4: I'll start out with the underrated team right away. Um, I think you know a lot of people are looking at Taysom Hill as being that guy. I, I, I personally, I'm all on board with Jameis. I think they got to give him the opportunities, and I think he's just more of a. I don't really got to jump into that, but I think james is just more of a well-rounded quarterback in general than Taysom is. Um, but stacking him with Michael Thomas, you get Troutman later, and then either Traequan or Marquez calloway That's been my go-to, I guess. I got that in the Scott Fish Bowl this last week. Um, And another one I was talking to Josh about, and this is like probably the most common that I have went into, he's he's going the Seattle-San Francisco route. I've been going the Dallas-Philadelphia route where in the same team you go Dak, Zeke, Amari Cooper, Jarwin, you can go Cooper or Lamb there. I've been switching it up a little bit. In the same draft, you get them, you get Hurts, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard my boy Quez Watkins, it's kind of like an intra-divisional stack. Um, the reason being you have all that correlation on those teams together. Plus you run it back and you get two games a year where they play against each other and you're betting on two teams with, with below average defenses having a shootout and you just maximizing those couple weeks, especially. Um, and that's something Josh kind of brought to me. And I was like, this is a great idea. So attacking Philadelphia and Dallas, um, I really wouldn't go towards Washington just because of the, the, the question mark overall there and the strength of that defense. But then you go up to Seattle and San Francisco and you got Arizona. You can stack any of those teams, even the Rams and the NFC West. You can stack all those guys in, in, in drafts together. So you're not only stacking one team, but you're getting both. It's, it's kind of a little hack that you can attack in underdog.
2: No, I love it. I love it. Um, it's like next level stacking. When you start trying to not only correlate one one team, but a second team, um, and then at, do you take a look at um, at the schedule when you stack to try to look for those those plum matchups later in the year, or is that is that part of your strategy?
4: I don't, truthfully. Uh, I try to just look for the value uh, things I haven't done before because, especially when you're in the puppy, I want to make sure I'm not duplicating. Like, okay, you might want to dupe a team, but like. I took Zeke here at the 103. That's not something I have been doing very much, but with Saquon has been – Saquon's been dropping a lot. I've seen Mm -hmm. him go 109, 108 in a lot of drafts, which is, I think, ridiculous, which I love that value. But when I get that 103, 104, I'm trying different things. I'm going Cook. I'm going – McCaffrey's usually not there. Zeke. Try Derrick Henry. Doing just different running back stacks, and then you can kind of build from there. Um, I don't really look at the schedule much more so just kind of looking at what I can create with what I'm given as far as a a, a draft spot.
0: I'm on the clock at the 105 right now in one puppy.
4: (laughs) What are we looking at, J.D.?
0: I've I've got got a batch of puppies right now that I'm uh, kind of babysitting for uh, the next. What are you uh, looking
3: at for the 105? Who are you going to take? Zeke
0: is still there. Kelsey, Barkley, Hill, Taylor, Diggs. I've got a couple right now where I'm kind of doing what uh, what Cody was talking about. I've got some Zeke mixed in with some um, – actually, I've been doing kind of Dallas with kind of Rams and Seattle, yeah. you know, three teams, kind of connecting them wherever I can. Uh, just any high-power offenses. Like, I, I, I love – I wanted to ask you, Cody, about uh, – we'll get back to my pick later, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you or, or maybe ask you to clarify or, or you know – Guys, first of all, go check out the show that that Cody did recently. Um, With Larky? Yeah, it was, uh, was.
4: Is it a week ago? I want to say a week yeah, ago. A, yeah, it was a week ago. About a
0: week ago. Um, just some really good information. But what I really like and what I want you to touch on is how he explains, like, stacking. I always say, like, I'm, I'm good at finding the answer and, and getting to, you know, going through the, the information and getting there. But these guys are way better than me at at explaining and our guests are way better at explaining and Larky nailed it. The way he said, I'll let you say it, just, you know, kind of narrowing down what you need to get right.
4: Yeah. I mean, he's got an article coming out this next week and it's, it's going to be, it's a long one. It's just to be short. It's just to be short. It's a long ass article and it's very in depth on kind of the simple strategies. Why, when you're targeting a stack like we just talked about here intra-divisional but then you go the next step and you say all right well you know early on in the draft you're given the opportunity to go Michael Thomas or Keenan Allen and the reason you might take Keenan Allen over Michael Thomas is because you're going to take Herbert in 2 or 3 rounds and you want that stack would you rather be stacking Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert or would you really be stacking Michael Thomas and Justin Herbert well if you're like well Michael Thomas is a better receiver Okay, well, it doesn't matter if he's a better receiver because guess what? When Keenan Allen has a 30% touchdown rate with Justin Herbert when they're both on the field together and they're both on your roster and they're both in your lineup, 30% of the time Justin Herbert throws a touchdown pass is going to Keenan Allen. 0% of the time he throws a touchdown pass is going to Michael Thomas. So you're adding that double correlation inside of your team. No matter where the touchdown is, 30 percent of the time it's going to Keenan Allen. You're going to get double points. It's it's next level thinking that, that Josh spends tons of time on this best ball and, and the advanced stuff that he's he knows a lot more than I do. But because he. he I think he's maxed out the the the, the best ball mania. You know, I'm sure he's on the way. Just at the at the number that this this puppy he's got like now. 50 screens just for the puppy. You know, he just yeah, like I think he's uh, he's maxing all these out. But I mean, it's just that next level thinking that kind of gets you there. And you, some people be like, "Well, yeah, you're galaxy braining the the process," but you really need to think about these things. Like, there's some charts. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share them right now because they're gonna come out in this article this next week. But there's some charts that lay it out very clearly that. However many times Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes were drafted together Mm -hmm. in 2020 in the Best Ball Mania, how big of an advantage that was to have both those guys on the same team where they scored 50 points per week when they're they're rostered together. But then if you take it and you look at Mahomes matched up with DK Metcalf, if you had Metcalf and Mahomes, they averaged 41 points per week. Mm -hmm. Getting that correlation, you bring it down even Russell Wilson with Metcalf and Lockett even more. And you kind of crop, there's a it's a it's a beautiful graph that kind of lays it out. You don't really have to do much thinking. And it just shows you. It's like, duh. Obviously, you're stacking the best with the best, and you're not. And and it's you're gonna look at it. And you're gonna be like, well, that's three points a week. Well, guess what? Three points a week over 14 weeks. That's 40 points. That's a lot of points. That, that's that's the difference between making the tournament, and missing the tournament, and all. And the one thing we do know is, all you gotta do is make the tournament. You get in the tournament and it's no holds barred it's you know you just got to get there so
0: and you have you have you like you have to get less things right you know when you know what i mean because you're focusing on one offense as opposed to spreading it into three or four offenses so if if mt doesn't fly with with whoever winston or whoever it is and he has a shit year or whatever it is gets another fight in practice or you know you don't have to worry about that because you're focused on on one offense in, in in uh in in the Chargers, right? So y- 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 we're all trying to avoid making mistakes, right?
4: Yeah, and the less you have to get right, the better you're off. Like you just said, it's it's you're betting on the Chargers, but you can either be betting on Chargers by themselves, or you can be betting on the Chargers and New Orleans. You know, you, you're what if you're right on the Chargers, you're right on the Chargers, but you can be right on the Chargers wrong in the Saints, and you're mm-hmm. screwed. That team's not going to do anything. But you know, if you're full in. And if you're maxing out these drafts, you know, you got 50 or 100 uh, drafts in the puppy, you're going to have your Charger stacks, your Saints stacks, your Packer stacks, whatever you got. And uh, no matter what, whatever angle you go, it's, it's as long as you stay on course, you'll be fine. But it, when you start mixing in these and going different angles, that's why repetitions is so important because people that just jump in, they're like, oh, Michael Thomas, take him. He's a value. Of course he's a value, but – could do Keenan Allen, paired him here, and you don't have to worry about Winston and Taysom Hill. It's one thing, right? I think right. it's also. So how much
2: you, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, Dan.
4: Uh, yeah, just how how much do you find that
3: uh, you know there are particular draft slots where you find yourself targeting those particular teams? Uh, you know, do you feel like there's there's certain draft slots where you you're gonna target specific stacks?
4: Um, I wouldn't say like a specific stack per a specific position. I usually kind of go off the first couple rounds. rounds. Um, so kind of, you know, if I'm early in the draft and I'm in the one, two spot, I typically am not stacking Carolina and you know, I'm not stacking like new Orleans too much other than Michael Thomas. And, but I don't stack Camara. Right. Um, let's see like Barkley. I'll stack the giants every once in a while. So that's usually how I go. Like, all right, one, and a lot, not a lot of people go running back to take into the stack. It's usually quarterback, receiver, receiver, but I like going with the running back in there as well. Um, I guess there's no uh, expe- like extra benefit to it other than the fact that you're just trying to angle all those touchdowns and every opportunity possible. But I guess to answer your question, it's really just kind of where I'm at, who falls to me, and then kind of what I can make, it, make happen. So, like, if you've got Saquon dropping to you at 109, you're not expecting that. Maybe you go into the draft, and you're like, "Well, let's see if I'm at the 110. Kelsey's there. I can go. Kelsey Hill come back, hit my homes. At, at some point, there's a whole. There's many different ways, and and you're always drafting with different people, unless of course, like last year, you had Justin Herzig in every draft, and this year it feels like Larky's in every draft. It's <laughs> those guys can can throw nukes at you, but if you're in a draft randomly with just a bunch of different people, you don't really ever know how people are going to draft, and what values are going to be there. And I just kind of take it, take what people give you. Kind of is how I, how I go at it. Like I tried to get today, um, I had Cooper, uh, Dak, Zeke, Jarwin. And in there, I can't remember what pick it was at, but I was like four picks away. And I was like, well, I'll throw Gallup on there too. Why not have Gallup with Cooper, Jarwin, Zeke, Dak. Got sniped on Gallup. I was like, Shh, you know what? That would have been a good one. I was also eyeballing the Washington I wanted to try something where I had – I was going to go three quarterbacks. I don't typically do that. I was going to try going Washington as that third team in this stack, and it was a plan. It was like four rounds out. I was like, (laughs) I should do this. Got sniped, sniped, sniped. Everyone was gone. Didn't do it. But it's just kind of one of those things where I wait, watch the value. If it's there, take it. Hurts, and Devonta Smith has became more and more of a value, surprisingly. I I didn't really find myself drafting too much Devonta Smith – and, and rookie drafts, I'm not a big fan of him, but value value, man. That's kind of how I attack everything.
0: Those, those Philly guys, man, they're I find like they're all value. You know, like yeah. Rager, you, you're down there. You're like, seriously, Rager's still here? And you're looking at, you know, yeah. the, the fifth receiver on another team right beside him.
4: That's exactly, and you know he's going to get the opportunities. And I've, I've said this on a number of shows, but Rager, Chennault, Brian Edwards, right? These guys mm-hmm. came into the season last year hurt, and they kind of kept getting hurt during the season. LaVisca, of course, probably showed the best last year out of the three. Hopefully they got a full reason to come in healthy. One of these guys is going to break out. One probably ain't. Who's it going to be? You know, Rager could be that guy. We're all betting, I think, on Brian Edwards. And and Chenault's kind of – I love Chenault. But I don't know, man. Rager could be that guy too.
0: All right. Enough enough of these boring second year guys, man. Come on. Let's talk about these fancy rookies that are just so, you know, it's it's hard to not talk rookies right on on any show at at this point. But looking at landing spots, what are who are some rookies that you're loving? Like you're doing these redraft tourneys right now, these best ball tourneys, and you need guys to perform in 2021. So what what are some situations that uh, are are intriguing to you for, for this year?
4: Let's see. For For this year, I mean, kind of underrated, shouldn't be underrated, is Chuba Hubbard. Like, we all saw what he did as a sophomore at Oklahoma State, and if CMC gets hurt, it's wheels up. And even if he doesn't, we can't truthfully think, like, they're going to give McCaffrey 400 more touches. They know. They, they, they walked the line a little too far last year mm-hmm. and the year before. They saw what happened. Um, and he's going in the 17th round right now, an underdog. Like, I think my highest exposure is uh, Chuba, and it's Kadarius Toney right ahead of Chuba, and it's not because I love Kadarius Toney, uh, but more so because value. And it, it, that profile, you can even talk to Matt. The profile we don't love. He didn't do a lot of college, obviously, until this senior year, and he only had 900 yards, but he's an athletic freak. He compared himself to Alvin Kamara. And if you got that contact balance and you're that athletic, um, you're going to do something. And uh, just value, chase value. Like Kadarius Tony, Chuba Hubbard, Nico Collins, dude's going to win a lot of people a lot of money in 2021 just on opportunity. Uh, that's kind of where I where I where I kind of fall in that area.
0: Let me let me throw a quick OTC. We do like on the clock. You know, you got two guys to choose from. I I had this one, not that I considered the one guy, but I'll just throw it out there because one one side is a rookie in this offense, you know, when it comes to running back with the Patriots. uh, Ramondre Stevenson. And then, you know, look, I'm not seeing Sony's name anywhere, but they're kind of in the same range when you get in that point in in drafts because I'm doing a couple right now. And, you know, It wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Sony, you know, let's say Harris doesn't whatever hurt or whatever injury, something Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Sony made a zombie move and came back from the dead and, you know, went for a few weeks. But I'm just curious, guys, you know, we'll go around. We'll go to Cody first. Uh, What are your thoughts with those two guys and just even that that backfield? Because I do find it, you know, interesting this time of year.
4: Yeah, I definitely obviously lean toward Damian Harris uh, overall to start the season, um, but we saw that he wasn't the best in the receiving game, so there's going to be somebody else there projecting it to be uh, James White. But if something happens, Damian Harris, maybe he falls flat, gets hurt, you never know. You're looking at Sony Michelle and Rob Andre Stevenson. I think uh, Sony Michel – It it almost feels weird. It feels like maybe he kind of lost his opportunity, lost his mojo. They brought Damian Harrison after him. They brought in Amandre Stevenson after him this year, round four. It's kind of got to be a weird situation to be in for Sonny Michel. Um, It's his last opportunity. So it's either, you know, you come into the season fully healthy and you're going to make the most of it or you're not. What he had, a, a quad strain last year, missed six games for it knee sprain two years ago, missed three games for it. It, it just continually things that, that that we knew, I guess, coming in with his ACL problems coming out of college. But um, I feel like I would maybe lean Ramondre Stevenson if I had to pick the two. They're both going last round in underdog if they get drafted at all. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a weird spot to be in, I guess, for both guys. Um, but I think, I'd, I think I'd lean Ramondre just because we know that Bill likes to use those big guys down at the goal line yeah that'd be my go-to
0: anything to add guys on 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 that scenario
4: yeah i think
3: one of the things you know you want to do is you just want to figure out what do you you know what do you think are the odds that uh is gonna uh be the better player than sony you know if you think it's uh 70 30 then you should probably be drafting that way 70 30 uh between those guys you know because you're you know, you're not going to get everything right. You know, the first thing you want to remember about best ball is you, you know, you're going to be wrong a lot and that's fine. Uh, You know, most of your teams are not going to advance. Um, You know, you, you, you want to have more than your share advance, of course, but, and, and that's, that's where being right comes in, but you're still going to be wrong a lot more than you're right. And you still got to take those chances that, you know, uh, Allow you to get into that top spot because whoever gets into that top spot is not getting there by playing the safe route for sure. So, uh, you know, like like Cody was talking about with the stacking and everything else, you know, those are the obvious things. But also just uh, taking some chances further down in the draft and uh, you know trying to trying to find those players you think can really add value for you.
0: Theo, why don't why don't you ask uh, why don't you ask uh, the rooster about Somebody right now, running back in your neck of the woods, out there in New York, that's just. I
2: know, I know. Cody's a, a big fan of uh, his, at least in the draft process, and um, seeing what your thoughts are these days about Michael Carter. People around here are very excited about Carter. I know that there's uh, you know, some, some Ty Johnson love in the uh, in the in the Roto underworld community as well. But what are your thoughts on on Michael Carter and your expectations for him in his in his uh, rookie season? And are you drafting him?
4: Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People can talk all the shit they want about Michael Carter. I've been saying the same thing since February. You know, Carter will outscore Javante Williams in 2021. I didn't say in Dynasty. I'm not going to probably own him too much in Dynasty. I've actually passed up the opportunity to go receiver in, in rookie drafts, but Carter is this year's version of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, except I think he's better. If, if you put Michael Carter in that LSU offense two years ago it's it's fireworks even more so than what you saw from Clyde and assuming that Tevin Coleman or LaMichael Pirine is going to be the bell cow is a joke to me I don't, I don't I don't buy that shit at all it's Michael Carter and I think Ty Johnson will get some run but the staff drafted Michael Carter they didn't draft Ty Johnson um and and, and that's kind of where I sit on Michael Carter and he's I don't know. He's not going to be the dynasty guy, right? He's, he's a 98th percentile agility score, 4'5'9, at only 201 pounds. But he did 177 carries 2 years ago, 156 this year, 21, 25, 25 receptions at North Carolina. Why not? Why why can't he why can't he go for I don't know what? 180 touches, 180 carries this year and 40 receptions, 6 touchdowns. That puts him about RB20 with Chris Carson, two points behind DeAndre Swift in that area for fantasy points. Like, I, I like that area. I love that area. Um, Value-wise, he's probably right around where he should be going. I think a lot of people think he's getting overdrafted right now. But in Underdog, we're playing for 2021. We're not playing for 2023, right? Um, in Dynasty, if you draft him, i am probably trade him halfway through the year because if my team's not competing, if my team's competing, do it after the year. But um, I, I love Michael Carter in 2021.
2: Yeah, I loved your I loved, uh, loved what you just had to say about him. Um, I agree with you, and I, I think that it shows kind of that, that that people are getting a little more sophisticated where he's going. Like you said, right about where he should. You see him at like that six, seven turn, seventh round. He's a value kind of guy. Um, I know because you, you referenced a historical comp. The kind of stuck out to me. You you mentioned Devonta Freeman. Um, you know, back you know, this was around the draft. Um, you still see that? And, um, you know, was that an athletic comp or more of a playing style comp?
4: So Devonta, Devonta Freeman is the uh, athleticism comp. My my playing style comp is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. When I, when I turn the tape on, I'm not strictly analytics, right? I, I, I take a look at both things um, very, very intensively. I, I'm never one side or the other. Um, when I watch him, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. When you look at the athleticism and all that stuff, it's Devonta Freeman, and I think if you mix those two together, you, you got a pretty talented back. And Devonta Freeman, of course, played with Tevin Coleman, and, and he had a pretty stellar what twenty seventeen season. I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. He was RB one,
2: RB one overall that year. Exactly. So yeah, that would be that would not be too bad. Um, yeah, I, I love where you're <laughs> at. Um, at forty, might be his floor receiving wise in the offense. I think that. Um, you know, I think that Absolute, yeah. that's a pretty safe bet. So I think I think that's a good call, Cody.
4: Yeah, I mean, just like looking at some of these numbers, and if you look at 180 carries, isn't too much. The average is four right. yards, four or five yards carry, eight hundred yards, 40 receptions, three hundred yards, six touchdowns. When you compute that out, 187 fantasy points, literally RB 19, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift. If I told you who's going to finish right there, you probably be like, Phew. "That was." I mean, that was last year's totals. Obviously, with Chris Carson and DeAndre Swift, you expect Swift to go better, but. I mean, if I told you he's going to have just as good a rookie year as DeAndre Swift, I think he'd be pretty happy about it.
3: Right. And he's got the skill set too, that you want in that area of the draft with uh, being able to uh, catch the passes, run the ball, uh, you know, cause you're, you're, it, at least for me at, at that area for running backs, I'm looking for somebody with a little bit of a, a lumpy scoring distribution, you know, where you're going to get some 20, 25 point weeks and uh, some five to 10 point weeks. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I don't need him when he scores a five to 10 point week, but when he gets those 20 to twenty fives, I mean, that's what you need. you know, out of those, those mid round running backs to really juice your team.
0: The thing with Carter is guys, if you look at where he's going around, I just got him at eight 13 and a 16 team best ball shout out to the Canadian and whatever it is. Shout out to Will, Will Harris. Uh, but eight 13 and he's around like the thing is opportunity, right? he's around guys that have a lot more competition in drake dylan moss you know singletary even mostert who's going a bit ahead of him has like 29 other running backs to to battle with you know on top of his injuries so it, it's just kind of opportunity and i think it's roster construction right just depends on where he fits on your roster while you're building it
4: and, and i think opportunity is everything right like tony pollard james connor Ronald Jones, Gus Edwards, David Johnson, none of these guys are really wrote written in for 250 touches. They're all like, the opportunity is there to take it. A.J. Dillon going ahead of him, Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon, Damon Harris, we just talked about him. Like, things can happen with all of these guys, and I think Michael Carter has as clear a path as any of these guys to be the true, maybe you can make a case for Ronald Jones, depending on how you feel about Fournette, but I, I, I don't hate Fournette either, but Michael Carter, I mean ninth, tenth round, eighth, ninth, tenth round. That whole area is, I think, an absolute steal. To be honest, it's, it's-
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, and as as he creeped up a little bit, um, you know, f- switching it over to redraft, um, I thought I thought it was great. Josh um, had a a co-worker about the the dead zone, and how we we should really be looking for these younger. Pass catching running backs. I thought that was a great takeaway. He had some historical data with that, but Michael Carter certainly uh, fits into that. Um, you know, I think his receiving ability is really where, where we lean on. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all I'm all in there. I drafted him this week in the seventh round in a redraft league, and I've drafted him in a, a best ball league as well in the seventh. I think he's a very very good target. Um, and I, I love that. I love that call.
4: I think that's a I think that's a great spot too. Because I mean, seventh round. Uh, just as a random underdog draft, I'm particularly looking at, but Trey Sermon, a guy he's been getting looked at, like not as a comparison, but like they got drafted close together, and that's kind mm-hmm. of a topic of conversation. I don't see any other Jets running back getting drafted in this round. Where this draft, particularly, I'm looking at is Trey Sermon goes 7 3, Raheem Mostert goes 7 8. The opportunity, I don't know. I don't see any Jet guys, I don't see any Jet players going. In the first ten, ten rounds at running back, where you saw Jeff Wilson, even Raheem mm-hmm. Mostert, now Trey like all these guys, are just pushing up because of that San Francisco offense. But the Jets, I, I, I just, I don't know. Great it's value. The, un-
0: the uniform thing, right? It's like the the Lions or the you know, you just can't,
4: you just can't. Yeah, uh, it's. it's you know? I mean, the, yeah,
2: push you push can push you could actually say all those Jets are kind of pushed down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, whoever, whichever Jet receiver you're betting on. I mean, we could spend an hour just talking about our our favorite Jet receiver right now. I mean, I'm, I'm Elijah Moore. Um, Cody, you might be on somebody else, but that offensive line is going to be capable. They they have um, really improved that offensive line the last two years, and it's I think it's a it's a sneaky offense that could provide some value. Um, and you know, when some people made up their mind that they don't like Wilson and they're going to avoid Jets, and some people just don't ever draft Jets, and I think you can find value in teams that are just kind of kind of beat up in the fantasy community. Um, and I think a number of those guys can end up paying off at ADP, um, not necessarily lead winners,
4: but useful pieces. I, agreed, 100. That 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 Jets offense. I think I literally had to add. So I don't know if anybody's ever, if anybody's watched the the show I do on Tuesdays. But I had a ping pong ball specifically made called the New York Jet ball because. I, I love so, the
0: ball. I, I love the ball thing. By the way, I'm so jealous that I didn't think of that. God damn! Why didn't I think of that?
4: appreciate that it's so tough for you to click that button so like we got that ball like three weeks in a row and like i think the first week i had a jet fan on with drafting with me and we just click the button click the button and all of a sudden you're like well this is not so bad after all you got elijah moore Corey davis even feels like a value here i don't love it but it's there michael carter you kind of start talking yourself into into really anything i guess but um yeah i don't know the jets is a tough one just because what we've seen the last number of years is pain but I think it could turn around.
3: Right. But that's where that's where the value lies, too, because the reason why, of course, that, you know, everybody's going Mostert and uh, Sermon and was going Jeff Wilson before that. You know, we, we all know what the San Francisco offense is. We know, we know what the running backs do in that offense. You know, so everybody's trying to pile in and get a piece of that. But nobody's really trying to pile in and get a piece of the Jets. And if you can find those offenses that are going to turn around and, and pick pieces out of them or stack them, uh, either way, you know, that's that's how you really get places in these tourneys. Yeah.
0: And, guys, you're listening right now, you're watching. Give us your comments, man. Let us know what your thoughts are on the, on the Jets, on any of these guys we're talking about, what you're doing with them, you know, whether you're avoiding them, grabbing them, taking advantage. And don't forget to smash the like. Guys, Cody, I got to ask you, under the radar action, is there somebody you feel like – um maybe people are sleeping on or rookie wise, you know, cause, cause there's, you know, you actually mentioned one, uh, and maybe that's your guy in, in Chuba. I, I love that call because A, he's Canadian and, and B, I mean, it, everything you said just makes sense, right? It's it, in that offense. Is there, is there someone else that, that you think, uh, is, is a nice value right now, rookie wise. And, and this could uh, be dynasty long-term. I know I specified yeah. earlier, like even long-term in dynasty.
4: Yeah, I think Chuba is my guy. I'm looking towards. Uh, I, I was really hoping for him to land in New York, to be honest with you, just because yeah. I thought that opportunity would have been just bonkers. And, and that zone scheme, oh, oh baby, like 180 carries for Michael Carter could have been 280 for Chuba Hubbard. But but, but teach their own that that would have been fun. Um, the other guys, I guess, I'm looking at other than Chuba. You go, you got Nico Collins in Houston. I think the opportunity, like I said earlier, he's going to make a lot of people a lot of money in 2021. Um, I'd say in Dynasty, Deami Brown, I, I think he could even make a little splash in year one. That's a guy that I love. I have, I had him at number five in my rookie rankings for a while there, and I dropped him a little bit just because of draft capital and, and landing in Washington. It was less than ideal. Um, but I mean, other than that, Hunter Long, love me some Hunter Long. Michael, yeah, Mike yeah. Gusecki, Mike is going to be a free agent after this, after this mm-hmm. season. He's out, and Hunter Long is blocking tight end inline tight end he can do it all he can do everything everything you need Hunter long can do and will do got him as tight end too right now uh you know deeper than that deep 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 guy in this class which i I love throwing these deep darts right mike strawn from charleston he's he's in indianapolis right now big dudes in indianapolis ashton duel michael pittman all those guys mike strawn's there working out with carson wentz He's my deep, deep stash uh, everywhere. Every single league I'm in, Mike Strong's in that league.
0: I love it. As a Colts fan, I love that, man, because it, it's, uh, you know, like you said, he's uh, the deep sleepers are the best ones, let's face it, right? Like, the you nail on a deep sleeper, man, we'll replay that quote all times, man. <laughs> you know?
4: That's, so that, that makes, that'll ones. make a roster, too. That's 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 everything. If, if you hit a guy that's free in every league and mm-hmm. you wake up the next morning and you got an Antonio Brown, For example, I know he like came out of what Central Michigan didn't do a lot, and then boom, he was there. If you hit on a guy like that, that can literally make your whole dynasty team. It's such a big difference, but yeah, it's yeah.
0: And you were talking about Carter earlier. Like, uh, sorry, Theo, James Robinson doesn't have to be undrafted, right? Like he he could be a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounder running back this year.
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: Go in a little bit more into Nico Collins. You mentioned him a couple times. Um, you're looking for looking at him for opportunity I know you like the athletic profile as well um, But what are your thoughts On Nico Collins, just elaborate on that
4: Well I mean The the athleticism is ridiculous off the board 89th percentile speed, 94th percentile Catch radius This Michigan thing, we talked about this For a while, uh, 630 yards as a, as a sophomore, 729 2019, didn't play in 2020 um, Michigan's one that it seems like there's a by handicap there where anybody that goes transfers out or just completely nukes anything and, and they just lose their value. He's a four-star prospect coming in, and he's still got third-round draft capital, being athletic, and just showing what what little he could show at Michigan. Um, I'd like the prospect, Nico Collins. Ray, Ryan Lopes got me turned on to, on to Nico a while back. I didn't have him in my top 15 and, he, and I slowly crept him back up as I, as I watched a little bit more. But it, it feels like Michigan just – I don't know if they just uh, – they don't want – I don't know what it is. It just feels like they just don't want people to be good. It kind of sucks. But I think Nico going down to Houston, it's Brandon Cooks down there. And, and then what? Randall Cobb, Kiki QT, Chris Conley. Like he's going to learn from Chris Conley. Chris Conley's a great vet. Um, but I think he's better than Chris Conley. I think he can play in that outside flanker role. You got Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb old and, and Nico Collins can be that guy, I think, in, in 2021, 2022. There's just not a lot there to play with. And and I don't think Watson comes back this year and plays, but if he does, I mean
3: Oh yeah. <laughs>
4: that would be think, think, but think about think about Cooks is out there running running long. Randall Cobb's in the slot doing his thing. There's not really a big tight end presence. Brevin Jordan, maybe Jordan Akins, but if you can get Nico Collins up to speed with Deshaun Watson. Say less. That's all. I mean, I right. love it. I love Nico Collins in that situation. So, are, are you saying that uh, Harbaugh is really the Adam Gates of college football? Is that what we're <laughs> One thousand percent. I, 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 I even went as as far to say we we talked about this Michigan ordeal a couple months ago on Twitter. I can't remember exactly what I. I had a thread of. I think it was close to 20 prospects that that kind of bombed out and had to transfer, didn't do anything, moved on to a different school. God, I wish I had it. There it is, Devin Asiasi, Chris Evans, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, Tariq Black, Joe Milton, Zach Charbonneau, all these big-time prospects that, boom, gone, didn't do anything. Five-star prospects, four-star prospects, Kareem Walker, guys you've never heard of that are four-star, five-stars, McCaffrey's brother, all these guys go into Michigan, boom, they're dust. It's gone. And Nico Collins has somehow kind of weaved his way through there, and he made it. And now he's just looking for. He's got it. Could have been the greatest quarterback situation you could ask for, other than Mahomes. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I think Michigan is a dumpster fire. And yeah. Yeah,
2: I agree yeah, on that one. But, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a mess with Harbaugh. Uh, and I I thought Harbaugh would be successful. He got all those recruits and it just, it's just, it's just been awful. So completely agree.
3: He's a great recruiter. We can give him that.
4: Great recruiter. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's about all he was.
3: Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I like doing is uh, pairing up like uh, Odo Beckham with uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, just if you're in a deep draft, it's a, it's a great way to go because if, you know, you can kind of have your cake and eat it too i mean you know beckham isn't necessarily standing in the way of people's chances, but uh, you can do it within the same team or just across teams you know and just have make sure you get some of both in your portfolio but i think i think he's one of those guys that's probably gonna end up uh you know i i see him as being a little bit of a, a chase claypool type uh you know who just didn't fire as much uh the first year but i think
4: there's still the the opportunity for him to do, do that as well. I, I love the Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, opportunities king, and you saw the couple opportunities he had last year. Yeah, uh, he took advantage of it. I, I wrote up a, a buy low piece on him earlier this off season, and and then uh, no, I actually just finished an Odell Beckham piece. So you just alluded to. Don't want to get too far off topic, but uh, Odell Beckham going late fifth, early sixth. From week one, from week two to week five, he was wide receiver six last year, and then he got hurt in week seven. So I, he's only he's what's going to turn twenty nine this year. I think there's still time on Odell, and I this is coming from someone who has not drafted Odell Beckham ever. Value is value, and that's yeah. I'll repeat that many times. Value is value, and I yeah. think it's there with Odell finally in in twenty twenty one. I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a lot of right. Odell in, in redraft.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ADP is definitely a lot more palatable this year for sure
4: yeah yeah I mean I was breaking it down from 17 to now 6 11 15 35 last year 68 now is what I'm seeing I mean yep. it, that's a lot more attainable than in the first two rounds for me I mean we we know he's a star we know he's a stud but right. opportunity right and and I don't know that's value to me yep
2: absolutely why don't we stay there um, and just backtrack a little bit. We've been talking about these rookies. Get get to the, the top guys. Who, who are some of these guys that you're really having trouble passing up on at ADP? And then on the flip side, are there any players that you find yourself thinking these these are ADP traps and guys you want to
4: avoid? Are you saying as far as rookies or, or, or in redraft? Redraft. Take it to redraft. Get off the rookies for a little bit. Oh. Uh. I would say, I mean – Who are your
2: guys this year?
4: Mike, I I mean, I I would probably say – I mean, I kind of alluded to Tony earlier. Um, That's one where he's just an athletic freak. We didn't love what he did in college, but he's going to be a weapon in New York, and that's more of my best ball angle is going to be on him. Paris Campbell, let's ride. Let's ride. I'm I'm back in. Last year I I was looking for that DJ Chark, second year sophomore breakout, 1,000 yards. This is the year. Uh, uh, Paris Campbell is the guy every draft, taking him.
0: Yep. Sign, Sign Hellman right here, Cody, with your name on it. Paris Hell Campbell yeah. right there. There you go.
4: Paris Campbell's the dude. And uh, Chris Ballard, uh, I, another side of the thing, uh, another side of like the, the kind of uh, rankings and, and kind of re- all the stuff that you do, you look at look at everything that you can. Listen to some different podcasts, even if it's not a fantasy podcast. I listen to the Pat McAfee show Tried yes, every day. I, I listened to that today, right before we came on, literally. Zach, exactly. he had Chris Ballard on today. And what's Chris yep. Ballard say? He's like, he's like, you know, Pat goes, why did you not go after Julio? Why are some of these <laughs> teams not going after Julio? And Chris goes, I got some dudes in here. He goes, I got Michael Pittman. We still believe in Michael Pittman. He goes, we saw what Paris Campbell did last year. You know what Paris Campbell can do. He goes, Zach Pascal even? Zach Pascal's a dog.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Am I going to buy Zach Pascal? Probably not. But what am I going to take from that? He trusts, that he trusts Michael Pittman, and he trusts Paris Campbell. And they want them both to succeed, and we already saw both of them succeed pretty well outside of injury. So um, if they're all in, I'm all in. Let's go. That's how I feel about Paris Campbell.
0: Love all of it, man. I, I literally just watched that before we came on. Big fan of McAfee. And uh, any time I can watch my GM, Ballard, as a Colts fan, I mean, dude is just awesome. I love everything awesome. about him. You know,
3: I, I he, spent the entire spring just trying to get shares of Paris Campbell and Dynasty. That's yeah. you know it's free. It's
0: free. dude, all everything, everything on the Colts right now is free. You want their, t- yeah. you, you want Mo Cox? They're they're tight end one, dude. He's you, you don't you can literally give half a penny and you can give a bag of beans and get him right now. Like all these guys, literally free that whole offense and literally one of the best teams in the NFL. Let's not forget that. Okay, Carson Wentz questions, whatever. It's like you can't fail. You know,
4: I think a lot of people know this, especially if they listen to Roto Underworld or myself. Mo Alley Cox, you just mentioned him. You can go into any underdog draft, unless it's against me or Larky or anybody from Roto Underworld, and you can be like, All right, I ain't drafting a tight end until the 17th, 18th round. You get there, throw dude, a dart, Cox, right now. 18th round, throw the dart, Mo Alley Cox. There's your tight ends. You ain't got to worry about nothing. I think Mo Alley Cox is going to be that dude at tight end. That, is he going to be logan thomas of this year i don't know but he's super athletic and the opportunities are there we know carson Wentz loves a tight end so it's him or jack doyle and i lean moelly cox every time
2: yeah yep i think that, yeah, i think mm-hmm. that's a great call i mean and the guy he was cox moelly cox flashed last, last year but they played him on so few snaps all he needs is more snaps this year and, and i think the production will go up I, that's a great call
0: if Ebron wasn't still there for me at uh, 16-5 here in the in the fishbowl, <laughs> I, I literally waited to the 14th round and grabbed my first tight end. And I think you'll like this, uh, Cody, my, my friend Jarwin, uh, out there in Dallas. I paired him up with Cooper. I think Cooper is the guy that you picked up in the fishbowl as well. Um, and yeah, in, in the 16th round, I'm like, do I want to grab ebron there's a lot of options a lot of things but i i love the fact that you bring up a lot of these deeper guys because you know we're all doing these these deeper drafts whether it's fishbowl whether it's uh best ball you in the beginning it's kind of easy right guys like you you, you've got like a, a handful of guys you're dodging and the rest you're just trying to mix in the proper way that get the right combination on your rosters we talked about stacking uh it's the deep the deep uh, decisions that are that are the difference makers. I feel like, uh, especially with how competitive now, because guys, we got access to all this information. Um, you know, everyone else does too. So, hopefully, we're giving you info that you're not getting anywhere else. And if that's the case, smash the like button, guys. I'm gonna do real quick because we haven't even talked about it, and we're I I can't even believe it. it's almost at 55 minutes. It's like it's been 10. MyFFPC.com, guys. We talk about it all year. The best place to pay... Fan- fan- <laughs> See, that's how long it's been. I, I my, my mouth is dry. We're, we're almost at an hour. MyFFPC.com, guys. Best ball, redraft, dynasty. Play for half a million dollars. Find that anywhere else. It's the best site on the planet. Check it out, MyFFPC.com. Anything else, guys? Uh, before we... I really want to talk about... Dan's trade a before we close i'm letting you guys know because this is more this is just helping me right now this is all about me just so i don't forget sometimes i tell my five-year-old daughter i'm like just i'm telling you this remember it because she has a better memory than me that's how bad it is um (laughs) but um anything you guys want to ask cody just relating whether it's dynasty best ball on things we touched on because you know i got a list like i got a million players i want to ask him about but you know He'd, he'd probably have to start charging me, but anything that we haven't touched on, guys, that uh, that we really want to nail down for for whoever's watching right now.
2: What, one question I had um, was uh, the, and I like asking this to, to the best ball guys. In this slim format, the underdog. What's your favorite structural build? Do you find yourself drafting a, a like a two quarterback, four running back, five running back, um, you know, wide receiver, tight end? Do you find yourself drafting? Um, What is your optimal build?
0: Love that question.
4: Right off the bat, uh, easy answer, two quarterbacks, five running backs, nine receivers, two tight ends. Um, I think one of my favorite builds I did a couple nights ago, I started out pick five, Saquon Barkley, pick 20, Najee Harris, pick 44, Miles Sanders, pick 68, Travis Etienne, pick 77, Chase Edmonds. Full onslaught at running back. In between there, I had Kyler Murray, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson was my only receiver drafted inside the top 100. After that, my receivers, this is how my receiving core went. Mooney, Bateman, John Brown, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Kadarius Toney, Deshaun Jackson. That's kind of like my angle that I'd like to be at. I don't love waiting until the 101st pick to get my second receiver. But in this build, I had Arizona, Chicago. I went Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds. Uh, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, you know Fields. Uh, where would I go? Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. Kind of going that angle. Where I like I said before, building the, the double stack inside the same team. Um, they aren't in the same division, obviously, but going robust RB. Maybe I went too much robust. Could have could have probably mixed a receiver in there somewhere. But uh, going that angle, two five nine two, and then attacking the double stack, starting out mostly robust is is usually my angle. Uh, on, on these underdog and, and best ball formats.
3: Yeah, and that's, that's such a key, like, it, you know, pretty much any league. is just knowing where you have, you know, where you've put your early chips and then you got to load up at the other positions later on. And you can't, you know, even if you see that great value sitting there at running back, you know, there's a point where you just have to say, you know what, I can't do that. I've just got to be taking wide receivers because that's what I need for this team. Um uh, you know and just recognize it uh you know whether you stop at four or whether you stop at five but you know you got to know where you're yeah. going to stop on that running back
4: and I, and I think that's the one thing you will learn just keep doing it is i could have stopped i could have stopped probably after etn skip taking chase edmonds at pick 77 went receiver but i i still like how i end up you know, deshaun right. jackson late you're going to get a couple weeks out of deshaun, deshaun jackson aj green you know you think there's there's guys that i think make up for it in the depth at receiver we get Deshaun Jackson in the 15th round um, 16th round uh, maybe you don't love that but
3: and, you're gonna and, get. And, and yeah that's and that's where you know getting that stack also um, uh, you know gets in there you know like if you hadn't had Tyler you probably would have uh, you know you probably wouldn't have taken Edmonds right
4: yeah exactly exactly that's exactly why I took him too and the value was there and yep. I was like wow, oh, I got Murray take him but yep. hindsight probably wouldn't
3: Right, right, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where you do, where you see you know you get to that point of the draft, and you're like, oh, I really wish I'd gone uh, you know receiver where I took uh, ETN maybe, you know, because now I can get Edmonds and uh, Kyler Murray. But you didn't know you were going to be able to do that. So yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes things come up and you just got to make the best of it.
2: Agreed. Yeah, I think when when you talk to um you know the better best ball players and the more experienced best ball players in this underdog slim format. The the one takeaway is you really want to have those nine wide receivers. I think the arguments back and forth. Um, some people like the four running back build. Some people like the five running back build. But the the two quarterback build, the nine wide receivers at least build. Um, that's that's kind of where, where your money's made. And whether you go four or five is kind of a personal preference. But like Dan said, um, you know, having too many running backs, you kind of you, you eliminate yourself. So four or five seems to be a magic number. And I think we could have a show talking about whether it should be four or five. But uh, I think that's my biggest takeaway with that one. I
0: like, that. I like that, Guys, I got to throw one one other thing before I forget. This is actually kind of a big deal. Um, a lot of you probably know about the, the Warrior Bowl, which is a uh, charity league with multiple, multiple teams. Uh, this is uh, based out of the UK. It's an international league for charity inspired by the fishbowl it's it's become you know one of those overnight huge things um we've partnered up with them just to give you guys the opportunity to uh win an entry into this tournament at no cost of course all the all the uh, entries are go to charity but uh we have a couple entries in the goat district and uh, i know our friends over at the Half Millie Billy, are going to be giving out one of the entries that we got from our generous friends over there at Warrior Ball, um, and I, I just, again, I just don't want to forget this, guys. So anyone listening right now, you literally have about 24 hours to send either Theo, Dan, or myself that you either show us proof that you subscribed, that you liked, that you gave us a five star review, that you bought some goat gear, anything that you did to support the show. Just show show us uh, that love on, on the Twitter machine in the next 24, and uh, we'll hook you up because we want to give it to, uh, to to people that are watching us right now. I, I haven't put this anywhere else. I didn't put this on Twitter. I want people that are watching the show to win these entrance these um, these entries into this tournament. Big tournament, guys! It's a lot of fun. Again, we got the the Twitter handles on the screen. Dan. Anything else? I mean, Cody, I didn't even ask you. Do you have a Do you have a curfew? You have a hard out. You have a time that you need to uh, be off. We
4: got to golf at eight thirty five tomorrow morning. That's it. Oh, you lucky bastard!
2: God <laughs> damn
0: it, <laughs> yeah, it's 24. See, being twenty four guys again. Yep. Oh my god, golfing on a th- on a Thursday. Come on, man. That was. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm hey, going i try, try not to let your jealousy shows through too much. Yeah, Jim. no, that's awesome, dude. That's good for you, dude. That's yeah. good.
4: I, I did want to ask you guys a question though. I, I saw on the show sheet, you know, players who you find yourself avoiding. I wanted to ask you guys because me being a Vikings fan, Dan, <laughs> if you're a Vikings fan, I, you, I don't know how you feel in the same boat. You guys, whoever you cheer for, do you have a problem kind of falling into that? You know, that's my team. So I'm skeptical, skeptical going all in on my team, I, in quotes my team i guess you could say um i don't feel as good about delvin cook as i feel like some people do i think he's talked about in that 101 um he's going to be 26 years old i think this is his last year as like rb1 viable in my opinion i don't think we should give him a contract but can any of you guys like kind of convince me why delvin cook is viable for that 101 spot or are you do you have that problem at all with like my 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 team of fandom drafting heavy into them. Cause I find myself in that situation. I like Kirk Cousins. I like Jefferson Thielen cook, but I, cook is one that it's just really tough for me to just, Oh yeah, I'm taking him every draft. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah.
3: And, and, and this is also a very Viking specific problem as well. <laughs> as, as all of us Vikings fans know, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's tough to believe because you always get your heart ripped out one way or another. Um, uh, but I don't really have a problem with uh, Delvin Cook at the the 102, and the main reason why is just because the you know the usage tree in Minnesota is, is shaping up to be really narrow again this year. Uh, I think we're looking at you know basically you, you just practically name them all. You know it's going to be Cook, it's yeah. going to be Jefferson, it's going to be Thielen, it's going to be Irv Smith, maybe you know sprinkle in a little Tyler Conklin, maybe sprinkle in a little uh, Madison. You know to spell him uh, Cook, but. You know, there, there's just there's not that many fantasy viable players there. And so when you have that narrow usage tree, that means if those guys stay healthy, and especially with Cook, who's showing that he can, you know, he can really rack up the targets and he can rack up the, uh, you know, the carries as well. Uh, you know, that's, that's what you're looking for. And the Vikings, have, I think, have a decent chance to be fairly efficient uh, offense as well. Uh, they, they've actually made some moves to improve the offensive line finally. Uh, you know, and get to something that, that fits Kirk Cousins' style a little bit better because you know they, they just they wanted to to go cheap on the offensive line and say oh we you know they're good enough, but Kirk Cousins doesn't need a good enough line. He needs a good line uh, yep. because he's just, you know he he breaks down when he's under pressure and he needs to be able to see the field. When he can, he he performs pretty well. Uh, you know, so I, I, I like Dalvin to riff off of that a little bit, you know, plus hopefully better run blocking as well. So I don't have any problem with Dalvin Cook at the 102. Okay.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I'm with Dan. I mean, I think he's the – to me, he's the – you know, Christian is the clear number one. Dalvin Cook's mm-hmm. the clear number two. I think Dalvin Cook at the two spot and, and love my team builds. Um, And, okay. you know, he's the point of their offense. Like Dan said, there's not a whole lot of guys away from him. Um, and they they beat up that old line. I mean, they took Darrelle in the in the first round, and I think it was um, who's the guard that was Davis Dan. Wyatt they Davis. took White Davis. White Davis yeah. in the third. Yeah. Yes. Um, yep. And I mean, you you it can could. tell by what they're doing with the draft. It's they're building the team for Dalvin Cook, and yeah. um, you know I think that having the the two wide receivers helps him, and I think that they'll lean on him. And you know the guy's had a reputation early in his career getting hurt but he's, he's playing 14 games back-to-back seasons. I don't think he's a guy that, that plays 17 games, but I think it's fine because the 14 games he's out there, he's gonna get you the you know, 20 plus points per game. Um, and I think that his red flags are a little less than the the other the other running backs. I mean, um, you know, King Henry has had a huge workload the last few years and, you know, we have a, a new offensive coordinator over there in Tennessee. You know, do you want to take a, a, a Kelsey that early um, in lesser tight end premium? I think that goes out the window. Saquon's had injury concerns. Zeke showed right? a little regression last year. I mean, you can start picking these guys apart. Dalvin, to me, is, is the most kind of Teflon guy right now at number two. And yeah, the age is concerning, but the fact that they beefed up that O line kind of alleviates that a little bit for me.
4: Okay
0: find me a running back you're not worried about right like just just literally like the, the 101 the 101 you even talked about him getting less touches and maybe Chuba gets in there and you know like it's it's the the running back is iffy and that's i feel like that's why i love talking about the running back position the most because i feel like that's how you win and lose the game in my opinion uh, especially in dynasty uh you know even redraft like if you know how to play that running back position you've you, you've done well because the, the receiver position is – there's always a, an opportunity cost that you can bring in. There's always an option for you to, to kind of fill a space, whereas running back is is not the same. You know, you, you need a guy mm-hmm. that's starting to, to produce. You don't need a guy who's on the third string to throw into your RB2 spot, right? Whereas receiver, you can kind of get away with that guy that gets two or three catches if it's uh, Deshaun Jackson, you know, or something like that. Um, but – yeah, fascinating, the, the running back let, position. Let me
3: draft two RB1s, and, you know, I can screw up the entire rest of the draft. I'm still going to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and when I say RB1s, it, I mean, you know, running backs who actually end up being RB1s, not just yeah. running backs who are drafted as RB1s. Yeah. Uh, you know, give me give me two guys who just get in there, and they're, they're smashing every week. Yeah, everything else you can fix.
0: I was going to say I'm the opposite of Cody with the Colts because I, I love me some JT. Like, I'm smashing JT left and right. I bought him everywhere. When he when he was at a value in the first half of last year, it was Christmas for me. Like, I was buying him in every league. just It's like wherever I couldn't buy him, I was getting the opportunity. It's like if you didn't buy Bitcoin at 65 dude, right now you got a serious discount. You know what I mean? Same thing with JT. But then with the receivers, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not... I'm not as enthusiastic. I've got them. I've got shares. I love me some Paris. I love, I love Pittman. I drafted He's the only receiver that I drafted early last year, unfortunately uh, for me. But um, I, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity. If you look at the way that offense is built, it's built from the lines out. You talked about Ballard. They're built from the lines out, man, whether you're talking defense and offense and there's no, consistency there. Right. So for me, that means the running back is the first to benefit and on the offensive side. And then you have a new quarterback coming in, but he's kind of familiar because Reich is there. So you know, there's a lot of opportunity for a guy like Pittman Pittman that has not hit yet, a guy like Campbell that hasn't hit yet, who is dealing with injuries. So the offense is just full of value. But I, I feel you, Cody, in the sense that when it's your own team that you cheer for, you kind of you're a bit more critical on some of those guys, and especially you know a guy going in the first first couple picks
4: first yeah that's I mean and just to circle around on all of that you did say I mean pick me a guy choose me a guy that's that doesn't have question marks that's I, I've had a lot of conversations with just friends that always ask me you know who who should I take round one it's like well shit I can make, make a discussion for and against all these guys McCaffrey's injuries Cook's injuries Barkley Kamara question marks everything Zeke's the only one that really feels like maybe but I mean it's the same way every year it's everything there's there's always question marks, but yeah, I appreciate you guys answering that because that's that's one thing I've had a tough time with is Dalvin because I loved him as a prospect, loved him coming through. It's just like maybe it's the Viking thing, like you said, Dan. I think it. I think a lot of it is the Viking thing. It's this pain every year, but it is
0: what it is. I, I will say this though, you guys, it's it's about fun, right? This this has to be fun at the end of the day. And dude, you're yeah. cheering for the Vikings. You're running Not back, sure. in one of the top three picks right now. You know what I mean? Like you got to be loving life. Pick them here and there as much as you believe and, and enjoy it. You get to cheer for them now. You know, you have more you have more invested.
4: Good point. Good point. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, Dan. Drop drop that trade, man. You you made a pretty sweet trade today. Uh you moved some pieces in an offense that I've been gobbling up all over, whether it's best ball, redraft, fishbowl, dynasty. I'm all over that offense that you shipped away, but I love what you got in return. So you know, bring it up. Let's see what Cody thinks about it
3: all right yeah so uh this is uh this is a Superflex No uh end premium uh, but i traded away mark andrews and rashad bateman and i picked up uh, darren waller and a 2022 second so it's it's one of those deals where i i I sat out there and I offered it and about five times I almost pulled the offer. (laughs) You know what I mean? And,
0: uh, you know, offer uh, offer revoke strategy that, uh, uh, some, some famous goats love to use.
4: I would have taken that.
0: Yeah,
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. exactly. No, it's, uh, you know, but it, you know, the, the main thing that I'm concerned about with Bateman and, you know, I know people are trying to draw parallels to, uh, AJ Brown, you know, and say, well, you know, if a, if a receiver is good enough, it really doesn't matter about the quarterback. But uh, you know, my concern with with Bateman is just that they did add. You know, they do have quite a few weapons there that they're going to use in the Baltimore offense, and you know, we're we're really relying on uh, on Lamar Jackson to turn into a better passer, and I think he's going to get some better. You know, but I just have a hard time seeing how uh, you know Bateman's get going to get to. You know more than probably about 80 85 targets now if he's super efficient with those you know i could end up regretting it but uh you know and he he basically has to almost come out at that aj brown level of efficiency uh, i think for me to end up regretting this trade because you know it, you know it and again you're trading with mark andrews so you know if one of them does super well it's probably going to be at the, at the expense of the other Whereas I'm getting Waller, who I think is still going to be just like the number one target in uh, Las Vegas and, you know, picking up that future second beside. So that's that's kind of where I was coming from. But I'm interested to hear what you guys' takes are. Um, I would not be surprised if I put it out on Twitter and Twitter would say I lost that trade.
4: I can go first. Uh, I guess I would say I like the trade. Um, Obviously, it's kind of tough. Um, without seeing your entire team and your landscape, your league, and who kind of what the angle is, if you're looking for a championship, if you're looking to make the playoffs, etc., whatever it looks like. Um, but Waller, I, I love him over Andrews. Josh does the projections over at Player Profiler. And when he ran through Waller and Kelsey, Kelsey's in that tier, obviously, but the the, the difference between Kittle and Waller, Waller's ahead of Kittle the gap is closer between Kelsey and Waller than it is between Waller and Kittle. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. We love that ceiling for Waller. We love the opportunity. And as we saw last year, they don't know how to use Henry rugs out there. Brian Edwards, we think tomorrow he could have 160 targets and and, and be good with it, be Devonte Adams, but we haven't seen it. Can't trust it. Um, that offense so, the only thing we've seen them be successful at is throwing the ball to Darren Waller. So why not take Darren Waller? And then in in Baltimore, you're you're waiting for two things to be right versus one thing to be right, right? If Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman split eighty care eighty targets, they each get eighty targets. Or Darren Waller gets one hundred and sixty. You can only start one guy every week. At least like if you got Bateman and Andrews, maybe one of these guys can be on the bench. Waller he's going to be starting, no matter what. Um, and with that, I meant like Bateman's probably going to be on the bench because it's just a roster spot. You can understand what I mean. But that 2022 second round pick, though, uh, I love that. I love trading four picks now, um, not trading them away, but trading for them because they just increase in value. Um, you plug this in if you want to on the player profile or trade analyzer. If you actually come out ahead 160.6 to 158.2. So take what analyzers for what you will. I want to play two points. I was going to say, it's, a, it's at least – I don't think you lost a trade. Not but that if you bottle, Pop that bottle. It, 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 I was going to say, if it, if it matters, it, we got you as a win. Um, but that 2022 second, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys have, have jumped in deep to that 2022 class yet, um, but on, on the player profiler big board, uh, playerprofiler.com forward slash big-board, I just updated it uh, two days ago, actually. Um, there's currently seven receivers projected to go in round one. Um, there's two running backs, two tight ends, and a bevy of quarterbacks. They might not be up to the talent of the 2020 class, but this class has some dudes. So the second round, you're going to see values at, at receiver, and I think even at running back with a guy like Kevin Harris, South Carolina, and stuff like that. That's down the road, but that second-round pick, that could be 201. You know, I mean, I don't know what this guy's team looks like, but those early seconds are are, are gold in these in these rookie drafts, and we see that year after year. So I like this trade. I, I don't hate it at all kind of how you explained it. Um I don't know how your team's built, but Waller over Andrews, I think, clearly, and then Bateman's a guy that we love him, but there's still question marks with Lamar and that offense overall.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Bateman guy, but I still love this this trade for Dan. Uh, Waller is yep. Dan's guy. Oh, Dan's been on the Waller train for a long time. That makes and sense, to go yeah. get To go get your guy. Um, they text, and I think they Waller, text each other. Waller's. Uh, yeah, exactly. They... they <laughs> Waller Waller's 28 but he's his window I think is 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 larger than than some people think I think he could play a long time he doesn't he doesn't block he just runs routes um, he's featured um, I think he has you know very few injury concerns compared to some of these guys that have to get in line and, and block a lot like Andrews um, and I think that Waller's a league winner this year and I think that a year from now you still feel pretty good about that trade because I don't see how Waller's value is going to drop at all next year
0: i'm a play devil's advocate because that's just fun um i look i like all three players involved like i i made a huge trades that i talked about a few weeks ago where i sent kittle and effpc in my 500 uh in a where i got waller back so i love buying waller the only thing i would say with regards to this and dan's roster and dan correct me if i'm wrong are you competing in 2021
3: I am probably not competing in 2021, but I am you know, moving towards that 2022. That's where I, I want to have my window wide open. So that's why I've started collecting uh, some picks for 2022. So I can, uh, you know, I can hammer those, or if I need to during the course of this year, uh, you know, I can up improve my roster a little bit this year and be ready for next year. But the goal is the, the goal is definitely more 2022 than 2021. I like
4: it. I, I like that, especially that, that process with the picks, those assets are, are, you can buy picks right now. You, you yep. got to do it every time you can. I think uh, if if you know you're looking for 2022, there's your go-to. And Waller, like you just said, Theo, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to be there. And and if, as long as Carr's there, I, I'm going to be trusting Waller. Um, and I think he might hang around a little longer than Kelsey, even though I like Kelsey too, but. Um, regardless, I think you're good. You're you're sitting pretty there.
3: Yeah, I think what what JD was definitely starting to get to though. Tell me if I'm wrong here, JD, but uh, you're you're just looking at Bateman and uh, and uh, that that passing game progressing for 2022.
0: I am, but I'm actually just looking at where these values are going, and I feel like you're you're. It's great that you had Waller on your roster and you got the pick. But I don't know that Waller's value has anywhere else to go because he's literally the tight end two. Um, maybe he goes to tight end one. He's he's playing for the Raiders. It's not like he's playing with Aaron Rodgers or you know Brady or anyone like that. Whereas for me, and I talk about this every week, and that's why I'm buying Baltimore everywhere I can. I just feel like there's such a value right now, and and Mark Andrews can easily finish as a tight end one at the end of 2021. And Bateman can easily be, and that's the question I forgot to ask Cody, was who his Justin Jefferson of 2021 was. But I I feel like that could be Bateman. Like, you know, people maybe don't think that the landing spot is sexy, but if we see an evolution with Lamar, look, people say, oh, Hollywood. Like, Hollywood's not an alpha, man. Like, he's they're talking about two different type of receivers, whereas Bateman can come in there and just be like, hey, look at me, baby. Look at these curves, you know? Like, you don't want to throw the ball over there so i i just think like i'm always looking at you know what position is my roster in what, am i competing now or am i trying to just build value whether i'm competing in a year from now i still want to build value so and it, this is just being hyper critical dan love the trade nope. you got you got fucking wall or one of my favorite you know my favorite tight end if you know where it was Kittle last year but i would just say in in looking to Invest if you're looking at an investment type of thing and you want to grow that money and, 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 you know, build, add value to your roster. I like where those Baltimore players are right now versus where they could be later in the season or into the end of the season. that makes sense.
3: <laughs> JD, you are, you are definitely one of the two people that was on my shoulders talking to me about <laughs> this trade <laughs> because I, I was sitting there, you know, as I, was, as I hit the send <laughs> button, I'm like, you know, it's a very dangerous game to play to, to send a player as talented as Bateman just based on his situation not being ideal you know and
0: that's- but, but you also did another thing I love which is locking in value. you you, right. you just locked in that value like you, you it doesn't matter what happens in Baltimore like we talked about those best, best balls like it doesn't matter. you just got literally for the next whatever amount of years one of the top two or three at least tight ends in the league. Whereas the other guys, you kind of you gotta hope that they do what we're you know hoping to do to get that value. So it's a it's a win win, man. Like I'm being hypercritical just to talk about it, but I I think it's a great move.
3: And 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 my uh, trading partner had Lamar Jackson, so you know the reasons for him to do it were were quite obvious.
4: I was I was gonna say you kind of given him the 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 kind of weird spot to be in where I said you could have 160 targets with Waller and 80 with Bateman, 80 with Andrews, but that kind of you know that's out the window when you if you have Lamar the, the stackage inside in mm. that league would, would be nice but actually I mean, you when you get balls out yeah w- right when you get rid of that question we did but that's the thing Bateman you asked me who's the Justin Jefferson literally my comp is Justin Jefferson for Rashad Bateman nice. maybe that's a Minnesota thing but I love the talent and uh even Diggs is another one that <laughs> player, player profiler has on for for Bateman but like I said earlier, though, with the Waller thing, Waller, we, he's going to stick around for a while. I did not realize Derek Carr's contract has $0 in dead cap going into 2022. And there is some dude in Green Bay that I want the hell out of the NFC. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just saying, if he went to right. Las Vegas, think about the value now with Darren Waller. So...
2: Oh, un- unstoppable. oh, unstoppable!
4: Unstoppable, Rob. Yeah, the screen is right there. I'm out of the screen right now.
2: It's just, it's, it's, yeah. He's up in your business, JD. That's a,
0: that's why you're <laughs> drooling over rugs over there in your in your best balls, right? Yeah, exactly. D- thinking, it, thinking it happens early.
4: Oh, I don't think it happens that, this year. But if he sits out, waits till next year. woo, baby. woo, baby. Woo. Woo.
3: Yikes! That'd be so, crazy. So, we might as well ask that question since uh, it is hot on the minds of every fantasy footballer out there. What do you think is going to happen with Rodgers this year?
4: Um, I, I mean, this is a we got a situation. And uh, if you would ask me during the draft, I thought Denver was the go to. And mm-hmm. they, they're out on the in Lake Tahoe golfing last weekend, I think. And, and he didn't say anything. A.J. Hawk was talking to him, didn't say anything. Multiple people asked him, you know, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, you know, it's going to happen next week or two. Something's going to happen the next week or two. What What's going to happen? we got to see. And then uh, Peyton Manning gets asked at the All-Star Game or at the Home Run Derby the other night, you know, do you think he comes to Denver? Well, even if you think he does, Peyton Manning, he thinks it's too close to the season. You know, there's there's too many moving parts to have to happen. You just drop him in here day one. But – I recall when Brett Favre came to Minnesota. I think it was midway through camp. I want to say I could be wrong there, but I think he came midway through camp, uh, or right before camp. I can't recall. But um, but anyways, if you drop him in there, he's he's talent, and that brings up the the opportunities. Denver, I guess, is the one you look at immediately. But every time you see one team, there's always another team lurking back here and trying to figure out who that team is. Is I guess the hardest thing, whether it's Carolina, whether it's Vegas. Whether it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know who, but uh, do I think something happens?
0: Dan, Dan would blow his Terrence Marshall uh, load if he if he went to Carolina, oh, but uh, if he goes to
4: Denver, I already have
0: the Rogers Sutton stock in, in, in the fishbowl, so it's
4: all over. That that'd be gold, and and uh, I'd be happy to have him out of out of the north. But oh, I mean, man. do I think something happens? i put the odds that something does happen. At like 10%, 10, 15 He stays
0: in Green Bay, right? I think like,
4: it's 85%. 85% he stays in Green Bay, finishes the year out, gets hurt, or fucking dominates. One of the two things is going to happen. And then uh, next year he's gone. That's that's yeah. kind of my view on that. But it, I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded tomorrow, right? People can turn this on tomorrow and be like, what the hell are these guys talking about? He's already in Denver. Like, you, you could see that, I think. Um, just kind of weird. Kind of a weird situation. You think there's any chance he sits out and uh, hosts Jeopardy for a year? <laughs> God, wouldn't that be something? Wins the M V P and then just like I'm good. I know him better than all of you. I'm gonna take a year, rest up and then finish five more years in wherever he wants to go. That would be that'd be that'd be unreal. But um
3: Regular viewers of this podcast know my feelings on it, but uh, I, I I think he's just trying to let Gutikuns twist in the wind as long as he can, and I just I, I agree just, that's
0: exactly what I think he's doing.
3: He, he just hopes that something happens and and Gutekunst ends up getting forced out before it. he has to report. Uh, but I think when push comes comes to shove, I mean he's got too much ego. He's going to report. He's going to play. He's yep. gonna get himself set up for next year, and then he's gonna be riding off into the sunset. But to uh, say he? You need finish. Sorry. Oh yeah, it, it just—I think he's just trying to make things as uncomfortable for uh, the front office as he possibly can, without you know, and he's and he's doing it in such a smart way because he's not. <laughs> He's, he's not making a lot of waves. I mean, you know, he's barely it's subtle. saying anything, it's subtle. But, you know, it's, it's what he's not saying that says everything.
4: He's being respectable about it, and he's yep. just kind of throwing those quiet darts. But, like you said, ego, and he knows what he has in Green Bay. He knows yep. he's got the highest paid left tackle. He's got one of the best receivers. He's got a great running back and a pretty solid defense. And he's been to the, what, NFC Championship back-to-back years. He knows if he goes back out there wins another MVP – you're only going to add 10 more million of that contract that he signs next year. So yeah, he, he ain't stupid. He ain't stupid. So yeah, he's,
3: he's got a legit shot for a super bowl with green Bay.
4: Yeah. I, whether I like to admit it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I
0: agree. See, I keep agree. Keep buying, on that one. I think he's keep buying him back. in dynasty guys, keep buying him in dynasty, keep buying him in Superflex. Cause in my opinion, I don't see how he does not play in 2021. And like, like you said, man, I don't, I don't see him leaving green Bay yeah. to be honest.
3: Yeah, and the corollary is Aaron Jones, Devonte Adams, take
0: the discount now while you can get it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And and speaking a little OTC before we close this out, guys. I, I know it's uh, we're going on one almost one and a half here, but MVS and Lazard, I find are just such really nice values later in those in those best balls. I personally lean towards one over the other. Uh, who might have three letters, you know, in his uh, just whatever. But, uh, Cody, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts uh, with those two receivers or, you know, when, when you're kind of deciding on the clock between those two, do you have a preference?
4: I will say I don't have very many um, Green Bay stacks. I have a couple, but they're, they're because of this reason that we don't know exactly what's going to happen. A lot of them feature Tanyan. Most of them feature Tanyan. Um, I have I like in a few. I have Rodgers. The ones I have Rodgers in, though, um, it's usually Amari Rodgers that I go and bring oh. in with Aaron Rodgers because I think Amari Rodgers fits in that Grandel Cobb role. I think he's going to be dependable. I think we saw mm. that in Clemson. I think he's more dependable than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I do like Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think he's fast. I think he's great downfield. But – We know Rodgers. What's he good at? Getting rid of the ball. Yeah. And if Adams isn't out here making moves, Rodgers will be across the middle with Tanyan, and that's going to be an easy one to hit. And we saw uh, Scantling drop a couple last year. You're going to lose a little trust there. Alan Lazard, I think he's nice. I don't think he's – I don't know. I'm not sold on Lazard. Uh, Scantling Scantling I could be sold on, especially in best ball, but Amari Rodgers is the guy I'm going after mostly in those stacks. But I only have a couple of them. I don't have very many.
0: I like the Cobb uh, comp there because mm-hmm. that's that's the first time I hear that. Dan, do you have a preference with those two in uh, Green Bay?
3: I mean, you didn't mention Devin Funchess at all. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> is, he, is he? I, yeah, I, I think he just some. hired. A, did he not get hired as a water boy somewhere? I, 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 I believe, believe so. so.
3: Yeah, I I, I go um, out out of the two. I've been leaning a little bit heavier on Scantling than uh, Lazard. I mean, I I do think Lazard – plays a good role on a team. Uh, you know, I think Green Bay ended up making a good selection there, but uh, I think for, you know, definitely for best ball scaling is going to be the better play because, you know, he's, they're going to chuck it deep a few times every game. And, you know, if he comes down with two or three of them, you know, he's just kind of the Deshaun Jackson. So, yep.
0: no, I was going to say to Theo, is it just a matter of one's like the, the floor and one's the ceiling, you know, depending on your roster.
2: I mean, I think in, for me, in in baseball, it would be the MBS because of the boom weeks, and you can get him in the 18th yeah. round. And he yeah. makes the you know, he he was he was actually towards the NFL um, one of the top guys in, in catches over 40 yards. He's a frustrating guy; he drops some balls, but he makes big plays. But I think Cody's on to something. If you're going to draft a second Green Bay receiver in redraft, I think Amari Rogers will be the 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 guy because I think they'll feature him a little bit. And they spoke glowingly about him. They used half capital on him. We finally got you know Green Bay drafting a receiver. Um, so if a, if another receiver becomes viable in redraft, I think it's Amari Rodgers. Yeah, but in Best all, sure. I'll go MBS. I'll go MBS.
3: Yeah. M- MBS in a managed league is you know yeah. that's a that's a recipe to lose air. Yeah, yep.
4: And I think one thing you can target, especially, you know, if you jump on player profiler, eleven hundred air yards, 32nd for Marquez. 22 deep targets, 12th, and average target distance, which is one that I look at with Henry Ruggs. Average target distance with MVS, 17.5, number one, in the NFL last year. Um, mm-hmm. just, just little things that you can take away, 20.9 yards per reception, yards per target, top 10. It, 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 you're not wrong there, but the only thing is nine drops, third in the NFL. That's kind of, I guess, what pushed me away more than anything. Yep. But I still I – mean, I can't argue with the, the scanley because he's the only guy in that offense that really you can look at and be like, that's the deep guy and, you know, so. Right. And, yeah.
0: and he's had those flashes, right, where, you you know, whether it was the playoffs or the end of, you know, you just see it and you're like, ah, oh, if this guy yep. could do this, like, more often, we'd have yeah. something here, you know. But uh, now we're like, is it Lazard or is it MVS? That's kind of where it's at. But uh, love the Rodgers uh, call – I'm going to end this with uh, one last OTC. Cody, this has been awesome, man. Like you and Larky uh, just uh, as great in person as you are as, as analysts and and with the the goodness that you're putting out there. So we appreciate you hanging with us. Maybe give your thoughts on this last OTC. I got to throw out two guys we talked about tonight and, and just remind the peeps all the goodness, you know, that, that you're putting out there, Damian Harris or Michael Carter.
4: Oh, you had to do it to me. had to do it to me. Oh. Carter. In, 20, in 2021 in best ball, I'm taking Michael Carter. I got to take Michael Carter. I, I, I went over him earlier, obviously. Um, but I think there's more. You can depend on Carter. You can depend on that New York Jet team, that staff, to focus on Carter. More than you can Bill Belichick believing in one guy. And that one guy doesn't have the, a great – he's not great in the receiving game. You got James White there, Sony, Armandre, um, uh, Cam Newton even. If Cam Newton's a quarterback all season, rushing, you're getting rid of touchdowns there, you're losing out on, I got to take Michael Carter. God, that was tough. I like Damian Harris a lot, but I got to go Michael Carter. Got to. I
0: just made my night, man. Any anytime I can stomp and get some silence in there, it's it –
4: that's a good OTC. Good OTC. Yeah. That was that was yeah. strong. Yeah,
3: the only the only way I'm going Harris is if uh, Mac Jones wins the quarterback job. I mean, I just I I can't get there with uh, with Cam vulturing all those touchdowns. That's yeah. you know that was such a great point. So
0: Dan, sure. you must not have been watching those videos of Cam in the back of a truck smoking a cigar with his top hats and. <laughs> and you know, not talking about how he was injured and just he's he's coming back as you know the yeah. he's not a backup
2: part. vibe at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. well
3: Yeah. I, I hear you like I said, if if Mac Jones is a starting quarterback. And that is a big if.
0: All right, Theo. Parting words, anything you wanna to say to Cody, the listeners. Uh dude, you keep smashing with the VIP guests, keep it coming, man. Just keep it coming. Uh, we appreciate you and, uh, remind the peeps where they can find all the goodness.
2: No, I'm Cody was, Cody was great tonight. I mean, I think, uh, if, if anybody missed our Monday show, um, we had Nelson Sousa from FTN, he was fantastic. And for Cody to follow it up tonight, uh, we just had a great week. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the, at the OG fantasy. Um, you can find my writing on Player Profiler and Breakout Finder. Um, and you can find me here tomorrow night on the Goat District with Andrew Schellenberg for Half a Million Billies, where we're going to draft uh, hopefully a $750,000 winner tomorrow night live. And uh, Josh McAtee was in the chats, is coming on. And uh, Andrew Geller, a.k.a. the Guild, is in our draft as well. So we've, we've attracted a couple of, of solid drafters to come in and uh, try to beat us, but we're going to hope together – hope to put together another monster tomorrow night awesome awesome
0: yeah tons of tons of goodness coming out of theo and andrew over there at uh half a millie billies check it out guys check out theo the og fantasy dan g- give us a little exit give us a little flow uh tonight <laughs> tonight was awesome man just just cap Hello. it off
3: Always good to talk to a, uh, a fellow Minnesota native. And uh, shout out to Waltham, Minnesota, all 120 of you. You know who you are. The odds that any of you who are listening to this right now are probably pretty small, but you never know.
0: <laughs> and if you are, please tag all of us because yes. I want Absolutely, to
4: absolutely. Know. So I will say, I will say, NFL youngest GM in the chat. That is my 11 year old brother. Who's in Waltham right now. He, I got, a, I got a little show with him, Tiger Wall. I will plug that. Uh, his name's Tiger. I, I, I'm I, trying to push him into it. He loves football, so I'm trying to get him in the pods a little more. Trying to get him into the mo. He's in Waltham right now, so shout out Waltham. Tiger's in there. He did DM me though. He went to bed. He's like, No, oh, I'm getting tired. It's kind of long. I was like, All right, well, you. so he did jump in there. He said the little Hubbard thing, but uh, shout out Waltham.
3: Awesome, yes, awesome. That's great.
0: That's awesome, guys. This is this has been uh, just just a great show all around. Um, huge thanks to our guests, Cody. Awesome, check him out. Roto Underworld, uh, Breakout Finder, the best ball show. I mean, guys, just follow him on Twitter and check out all the goodness. Because I mean, guys like him, guys like Larky. It's uh, just it doesn't really matter what they put out. It's just it's it's legit. It's good. They're on top of it. And they're doing some goodness and check out his Instagram and you know health wise fitness wise uh, just uh, you know a different approach to life sometimes is uh, you know you take a pointer here and there he's definitely a guy that you might want to get some from huge thanks to you guys watching like I said guys we want to be your go to we're going to keep bringing the VIPs we're going to keep giving the sharks the goats you know the roosters is it going to play on time (laughs) there it is um, guys, big thank you for, uh, hanging with us tonight. If you're watching streaming, whether you're, you know, you're watching this on replay, smash the like, give us some reviews. We appreciate it. The warrior bowl. I talked about it earlier. Just a fun draft. The, the fish bowl is kind of winding down now. The warrior is going to be kind of the next thing that you're going to see here this summer, uh, all going to charity. These guys are good dudes out of the UK running this thing. And we've been, uh, you know, privileged enough to, to have a couple entrants or entries to to give away. So we're going to give one away to our loyal goat listeners, to to you goats out there listening, whether you're watching on the show right now live or on replay, you literally have 24 hours, maybe 26, 28. uh, Tag one of us. Let us know you're interested. We'll we'll throw you in there. But just show us some love. Show us a a five-star review. Show us a, a like, a subscribe, a share, whatever it is. Maybe you went on Viridian Global, our friends over at Viridian You bought yourself some goat gear, maybe some Scott Fishbowl 11 gear uh, with that. Show us proof of that, and we'll uh, enter you into uh, winning that entry. It's pretty much it, guys. I mean, uh, I think the show kind of speaks for itself. Every week, we keep bringing the goodness. Tonight was awesome. Always love hanging with Dan and and Theo and and privileged enough to have guys like like our our friend Cody hang with us tonight. Guys... A lot of craziness out there in fantasy land so just make sure two things for me is be safe i'm gonna say three be safe be healthy and be happy it's my show dan i'll do what i want we'll check you all
2: later